0: Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel.
1: This morning, word that singer John Denver has died. Denver was killed when an experimental plane he was flying crashed in California's Monterey Bay.
2: John Denver was a legendary singer-songwriter. His talent for writing and performing hit singles made him a global superstar.
3: What Elvis Presley was to the 50s and the Beatles were to the 60s, John Denver was to the 70s. From Country Roads to
2: Rocky Mountain High to Annie's Song, by the mid-70s, he was one of America's biggest-selling artists.
1: He sang from the heart. and Everything that he sang about was a reflection of himself.
2: He wrote around 200 songs and sold over 35 million albums. He had a special voice and a special gift. But on the afternoon of the 12th of October 1997, experienced pilot John Denver crashed his plane into the Pacific Ocean
4: investigators still are putting together the pieces of a mystery. Something very bad happened during that flight. But
2: John's unexplained crash fueled rumor and speculation.
4: The best information we have is that he may have hit a pelican.
0: Federal authorities say John Denver
1: was operating without the certificate required to legally fly his plane.
2: But only fragments of John Denver's plane and parts of his body were recovered from the water.
3: Officials say the body was unrecognizable and they plan to perform an autopsy later this morning.
2: Now, renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is reopening the case into John Denver's mysterious death.
0: John Denver was an experienced pilot with almost 3,000 hours under his belt. The day that he died, he was flying in near-perfect conditions. So how did this accomplished pilot dramatically crash into the sea?
2: world-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has performed thousands of autopsies to determine the deceased's cause of death. He's the chief medical examiner in one of America's biggest cities, working closely with law enforcement to investigate the circumstances surrounding suspicious deaths.
0: I have been the lead forensic pathologist on numerous plane crash investigations, which are often fraught with difficulties. But sometimes the crash site, witness testimonies, along with the forensic investigation, can tell us as much or more than an autopsy can. I'll be examining all of these to discover whether this was an accident, a suicide, or something else.
2: October 5th, 1997. Corpus Christi, Texas. One week before his death. John Denver has spent the last 30 years playing concerts all over the world. But at 53, the twice-divorced father of three isn't the star
4: he once was.
5: Lee Holdridge, composer and friend.
4: John's records were not selling like they used to. I sensed that there was some frustration setting in on his
6: part.
5: Mark Stoffer, producer, director, and friend.
6: I think the biggest thing on John's mind was why isn't... The John Denver that I gave the world, working for the world now, his career struggles were very powerful.
2: But John has never lost his core
1: following of loyal fans.
5: Joanne Lefson, girlfriend.
1: He was always almost surprised that people loved him so much. He was always approached in public to sign an autograph, and never once did I ever see him say no i'm too busy or i can't do it how tell
5: manager and friend
1: what you saw
3: in john denver is what you got there wasn't any stage persona he was incredibly real dr
2: hunter has discovered john denver's body was so fragmented that the autopsy is unlikely to tell the whole story
0: only 128 pounds of john denver's body was recovered from the crash site and submitted for autopsy examination. However, from reports prior to his death, I believe he was five foot 11 and around 150 pounds, which is fairly average height and weight for a man of 53.
1: John was actually in good shape. I mean, he had a little bit of a tummy going, you know, um, but it wasn't anything that was, that you don't see on any sort of, you know, 50 year old.
4: JOHN WAS A VERY PHYSICAL PERSON, YOU KNOW, HE LOVED HIKING, AND HE WAS VERY MUCH AN OUTDOORSMAN.
2: JOHN WAS ALSO AN ACCOMPLISHED SKIER, AND HIS TALENT IS EVIDENT IN THIS VIDEO FROM 1980.
4: HE WAS ONE OF THOSE PEOPLE THAT THEY WOULD DROP YOU OFF IN A HELICOPTER AND YOU'D SKI DOWN THE MOUNTAIN. I TOLD HIM HE WAS NUTS TO DO THAT, BUT HE
6: LOVED THAT, LIVING ON THE EDGE. HELICOPTER SKIING, FLYING CRAZY AIRPLANES. All of those things all add up to just somebody wanting to squeeze every drop he could out of life.
2: Did John's daredevil tendencies run in the family? John Denver was born Henry John Deutschendorf, Jr. on New Year's Eve, 1943, in Roswell, New Mexico. He was the son of Air Force pilot Henry John and his wife, Irma.
3: His dad was a colonel, a great, great pilot in the Air Force who uh, actually set records in different planes.
4: I think where John went into his daredevil mode, that's something that came from his father. John really looked up to him and respected him a lot.
2: His father's job meant that young John had an unsettled childhood. But his constant companion was a guitar given to him by his grandmother.
0: I'm an Air Force brat, so we moved around a great deal. And uh, the thing that helped me to make friends was the fact that I played guitar and sang and, and, and could sing some of the songs that people were hearing on the radio. John briefly
2: found stability when he enrolled in an
3: architecture program at Texas Tech University. His dad, being a tough Air Force officer, wanted John to stay in school and study architecture, but he left to pursue his music and his career.
2: And the gamble paid off when in 1969, a song John had written was recorded by trio Peter, Paul, and Mary. Leaving on a jet plane
0: was an instant sensation. But was John also predicting the future? Plane crashes are extremely violent and cause massive injuries, making identification very difficult. Particularly in John Denver's case. It says in his autopsy report, major portions of his body were missing, including most of his head, and no teeth were available for examination. Normally, dental records help identify an individual, but investigators found a distinguishing feature on John's right foot. John Denver's autopsy report states that he only had eight toes, that he was missing the right big toe and part of the toe next to it.
3: On a summer job in the farm, a lawnmower went over his big toe and he
4: lost two toes. I didn't notice John having a limp or walking strangely. He did have very unusual shoes all the time. They seemed to be kind of thick.
0: I used to kid him. i say, how do you ski? <laughs> we know from reports that John was an incredibly active man and a seasoned pilot. So it's highly unlikely losing his toes as a child hindered him in any way later in life but these injuries were key in identifying his body
2: john's childhood accident clearly didn't hold him back he was signed by rca and in 1971 the singer-songwriter hit the big time with take me home country roads which sent his career skyrocketing with his wholesome good looks and down-to-earth appeal John Denver was considered the golden boy of folk music. I
0: belong,
4: West From that point, he started having one success after the other, and of course that led to television shows and he became quite a personality.
2: Album after album went platinum. By the end of the 70s, he was one of the most famous musicians in the world.
1: He sang from the heart. He sang about the environment. And he cared about people. And he cared about children. And he cared about world hunger. He really just sang about things that really mattered. Those classic songs are so big at the time. No one's been able to ever forget those.
2: 1972, Aspen, Colorado. One of John Denver's greatest hits was Rocky Mountain High, and in his autobiography, he admits he smoked marijuana while riding it on a camping trip.
0: When you smoke marijuana, there's an almost immediate effect on your brain which can alter your sense of perception. Crucially, it can affect judgment and slow down reaction time. If John Denver was smoking marijuana before he flew his plane, this could have led to catastrophic pilot error.
3: All of us, once in a while, you know, smoked a joint, but but it was no big deal. It was an experimental time for all of us.
6: I was in a recording session with John, and uh, before the session began, he smoked some marijuana. So did I. But I don't think marijuana was an addiction uh, for him.
1: All I can say is that for my two years with him, I didn't see anything that was strange or addicting or or, or anything he was addicted to playing music and he was addicted to flying john
0: denver's autopsy report shows that there were no illegal drugs in his system although many of his body parts were missing this would have still shown up in the toxicology report therefore i can dismiss illegal drugs as playing any part in his death
2: but dr hunter has found something else in john denver's autopsy that could explain how this highly-experienced pilot crashed his plane into the sea. On October 12, 1997, the legendary singer-songwriter John Denver suddenly died in a mysterious plane crash. Now, one of America's top forensic pathologists, Dr. Michael Hunter, is investigating his case.
0: John Denver's autopsy, along with a detailed investigation into the plane crash, raised numerous questions as to the reason for this tragedy. By all accounts, he was a fit and healthy man who occasionally smoked marijuana. So, I can rule out illegal drugs as playing any part in his death.
2: October 7th, 1997. Spanish Bay Golf Course, Pebble Beach, California five days before his death twice divorced father of three john denver has recently found love again in the form of 26 year old joanne lefson a south african professional golfer the couple have now been together for almost two years
1: we played some golf and he seemed in good spirits good health um it was pretty much an average day I knew it was just such a privilege to be around someone that was so sincere, so authentic and so special that I just embraced the moment.
0: In John Denver's autopsy, ethanol was present in his liver, and this could indicate that he had consumed alcohol before he flew his plane. Alcohol enters the bloodstream and then the brain where it acts as a sedative, impairing reaction time, reasoning, judgment, and memory. If John had been drinking before he boarded the plane, this would have seriously impacted his ability to fly.
2: After their game of golf, John and Joanne have a drink in the
1: clubhouse. He definitely liked a martini. I mean, every time we went out for dinner, he had a martini. John was still going through quite a lot of of stuff, you know, his career. And I think if anyone needed a martini every now and again, John needed it.
0: As well as having alcohol in his system, the autopsy shows that the liver had mild macrovesicular steatosis. And this can be a sign of long-term alcohol abuse. Did John Denver have a history of drinking?
2: 1982, Aspen, Colorado. From being on top of the world, at 38 John's life fell apart and he started to drink. It began with the death of his father.
3: John's dad had died and of course John was upset. They had gotten to be not just father and son, but they
4: they had gotten to be uh, good friends. John kind of idolized him in a way. And his father even became his pilot and flew the Learjet for him on tours. I hope you folks recognize
0: me, but I'm not sure you recognize the gentleman on my right. He's my father, Dutch Dutchendorf. For a long time, I couldn't even get him in an airplane. Now,
5: can't keep him out of
6: it. When Dutch died, it was a big loss. It was a loss of somebody sitting next to him in his private jet. It was a loss of somebody he could talk to and spend time with and travel with. It was huge. Just a few months
2: after his father died, John split up with his wife for 15 years, Annie.
3: Annie Denver was John's first love and really his only love. Even after they got divorced, I think he always loved her. Annie
2: was also the mother of his two adopted children, Zachary and Anna Kate.
1: I think he was very honest about saying, you know, I wasn't the perfect father, I wasn't the perfect husband, but I love to sing and the consequences are that some things fall apart and unfortunately it was a marriage to Annie.
2: To top it off, just a few years later, John
3: was unceremoniously dumped by his record label, RCA. RCA new president came in to RCA and decided to drop John Denver, who was the biggest-selling artist they ever had. It was just stupid.
4: When John was dropped by RCA, uh, it was a very tough period for him. He was very upset about that, and you could tell that John felt pushed away.
2: This catalogue of disasters sent John on a downward spiral.
6: There were huge holes created by the loss of his father, the loss of his wife, the loss of his record label. And the end result was that he was looking for some degree of escape. That's when alcohol stepped into his life. John did realize that he had a problem
4: with drinking. It caused him a lot of grief. That was probably his reaction to being rejected on so many different fronts. And more rejection was to follow.
7: Challenger,
2: go and throttle up. This difficult period in his life was about to take a dramatic turn for the worse.
6: He loved NASA. He loved the space program. He loved the lofty dream of actually going into outer space. He wanted to be one of the first
4: civilians to go in the space in the Challenger. And he was supposed to go on that flight, except that they decided they wanted a schoolteacher.
6: Challenger now heading downrange. Velocity 2,900 feet per second.
2: On January 28, 1986, the space shuttle Challenger broke apart 73 seconds into its flight, killing all seven members of the crew which very nearly included John.
4: After the Challenger incident, John felt very guilty and felt very badly about it. He was very deeply affected by the whole thing. I don't think he ever got over it.
6: When the space shuttle crashed, I just saw a crash in John. It was a huge thing. That uh, launch of the space shuttle was to John an elevation of humanity, and all of a sudden, it's over, it's gone.
5: Dr. Linda Papadopoulos, psychologist.
6: A
2: lot of people speak about survivor's guilt, that sense of of vulnerability, and and also the sense of, well, why me? And it wouldn't be surprising. When things began to go uh, quite badly wrong for John, he drank more than he had been in the past.
4: He had a lot of personal pain, but he didn't hang his laundry out for everybody to see. He would come forward with this great energy of of goodness and positiveness.
0: But the other side was there. Although John's autopsy showed possible signs of liver damage, the changes were very mild, so there is no evidence to support long-term alcohol abuse. Added to that... The autopsy also revealed that the liver contained a small concentration of ethanol of 0.04%. When we die, our bodies produce ethanol naturally. So this low concentration identified in the liver likely represents post-mortem artifact and does not in any way suggest that he had recently consumed alcohol. Therefore, it appears that any problem he may have had with alcohol was short-lived and did not contribute to his death.
1: All I can say is that for my two years with him, I never once felt threatened by any of his drinking. I would never have classified him as an alcoholic.
2: However, the investigation did make a shocking discovery. John had been banned from flying. On October 12, 1997... The legendary singer-songwriter and skilled pilot, John Denver, crashed his plane into the Pacific Ocean and died. Now, leading forensic pathologist, Dr. Michael Hunter, is
0: scrutinizing the evidence. So far, I've discovered that John Denver was a bit of a daredevil. He liked living on the edge, from heli-skiing to a possible space voyage. There were no drugs or alcohol found in his system when he died. So... What did cause him to crash his plane?
2: October 8th, 1997, Los Angeles, four days before his death. John Denver is visiting his third child, seven-year-old Jessie Bell, who lives in L.A. with her mother.
1: He wasn't there for his two younger kids because his career was starting now. He wanted to be there and wanted to be an active part of Jessie Bell's life.
2: John's divorce from her mother, Cassie, four years ago, is still dragging on.
3: It was not a, a great marriage. They have fought a great deal, and the divorce was bitter and painful.
1: Every single day, he still was hounded by things that the lawyers wanted or just more payouts. It was just a nightmare for him.
0: According to the National Transportation Safety Board, or NTSB, investigation, John didn't even have a license to fly his plane. And there's evidence that this was inadvertently caused by his divorce from Cassie. Aviation officials say Denver's medical certificate was pulled last year.
2: August 21st, 1994, Aspen, Colorado. The day that John's divorce from Cassie came through, he headed to a bar to celebrate.
1: I know how challenging that second marriage was. And if I was John and I got out of that, I would have had a lot to drink as well. So, you know, I I think it was more celebration. And and, and sometimes he just had more to celebrate than on other occasions.
2: After his night of celebration, John headed home.
3: It's a tough road, and he slid off the road and hit a tree. He was arrested for drunk driving, the second incident in two years. He was a little over the limit, and they made a big deal out of it, because he had the reputation, and uh, rightly so, of a of very kind of a wholesome guy, and that's
0: who he was. The autopsy states that he was fingerprinted after the first arrest. And these fingerprints were used to formally identify him. And as a result of two drunk driving arrests in two years, John's pilot's license was revoked by the Federal Aviation Administration, or FAA. So drunk driving and flying without a license clearly paints a picture of someone who acted impulsively.
2: But these weren't the only signs of John's rash behavior. 1983, Aspen, Colorado. During John's separation from Annie, he discovered that she had chopped down some of his favorite trees. He tried to choke her and then attempted to saw their marital bed in half.
6: Well, when things don't work in John's real life like they work in a song, it... it, It could make you passionately crazy. You could do something like sawing your bed in half. I mean, why? Because you can't believe that your life is coming apart.
4: I know that they became very emotional about each other, uh, especially when the divorce and all that started happening. I think it was a very difficult time for
0: John. John Denver was clearly a man who was impulsive. And in his own autobiography, he regretted his actions. I'm therefore concerned that he may have made rash decisions when he went up in his plane. Decisions that ended in tragedy.
2: October 9th, 1997. Carmel, California. Three days before his death. Joanne is preparing to go on vacation to Mexico.
1: The last time I saw John, he was in good spirits. You know, he was always happy.
2: And he's particularly happy because in a couple of days, he'll be picking up a new plane.
1: John got this experimental plane because he wanted to dodge the traffic going to see his daughter, Jessieville, down in Los Angeles. I mean, no one could have imagined that what was going to happen happened.
2: This is the last time Joanne will see her boyfriend alive. October 11th. 1997, Santa Maria Airport, California, the day before his death. John meets his new plane, a route and Long Easy. It's an experimental aircraft, which means it's home built. John's had been constructed 10 years ago. Local pilot Eric Cobb is helping John prepare for his first
6: flight. John was very excited about buying the plane. It's a new toy. It's a wonderful toy. It meant a lot to him. John had asked for the plane to be freshly painted,
2: inside and out.
5: As the airplane had just recently been painted a few days before, switches and circuit breakers were not marked.
0: John Denver had 2,700 hours of flying time under his belt. He was an extremely accomplished pilot. So why on earth would he fly a plane in which many of the switches and gauges had been painted out? Was this another example of John's impulsive behavior? Or as a seasoned pilot, did he simply feel that he could fly anything under any circumstances?
1: I flew with John a lot and I always felt safe. It was fun and never once did I ever think that he didn't know what he was doing. It was amazing flying with him.
6: John was extremely confident in airplanes. We would fly right over these lakes in high, high altitude. All
0: right, you tell me wherever you want to go, I'm ready.
6: And dive-bomb the water. Just,
7: yahoo! All right.
6: He just loved it. John and Eric
2: head off to the plane's new home of Monterey Airport. John's first time flying his new plane. But some of his friends have doubts about John's new toy.
4: I said to him, John, this plane is not proven. Why are you flying it? I'm like, no, he liked living on the edge. He wanted to try it out. And I said, John, just stay away from those planes. Stay away, please.
6: I had a bad feeling about it. I, I just don't like experimental aircraft.
2: As well as flying with unmarked switches in an unfamiliar plane, Dr. Hunter has discovered something else in John Denver's autopsy that meant he was dangerously close to the edge.
7: So if any of my listeners are like me, you have maybe started to notice that you have some gray hair starting to come in and it maybe has been a little while since you've been able to get to the salon or you're a little hesitant to try out just sort of a store-bought hair dye. Um, I know that sort of thing always makes me a little nervous. You never know quite what color it's going to turn into, but what's great is now you can take coloring your hair at home to the next level with Madison Reed. You really deserve gorgeous professional hair color and it gets delivered to your door starting at just $22. You know, for so long, women have only had the options of going to the salon or using a store-bought kit. And I think that Madison Reed has really changed the game here with the different amazing colors that they have and being able to just find it online using their website. You can go through and pick your perfect color, find your perfect shade. It was really easy for me and I'm really excited to get these gray hairs gone and get a new hair color that really makes me feel excited and ready to take on anything. And what makes Madison Reed color really unique and why it's so great is that it's crafted by master colorists who blend all types of nuances of light and dark and warm and cool tones to create over 55 gorgeous multi-dimensional shades so you will definitely find a shade that works well with your hair color or if you want to change it up that's fun too um you could try a whole different color why not now's the time to do it um find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and right now autopsy listeners get 10 percent off plus free shipping on their first color kit with code last That's code last hours, L A S T H O U R S.
2: Legendary singer John Denver was just 53 when his plane crashed into the Pacific Ocean. And renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter
0: is trying to discover the reason for this disaster. John didn't have drugs or alcohol in his system when he died but I'm also building a picture of someone who is oftentimes impulsive.
2: 8 a.m., October 12, 1997. John
3: Denver's house, Carmel, California. Less than 12 hours before his death. I had spoken to John the morning of the crash, and he was going to do two of the things he liked to do best. You know, flying a new plane, and golf was another passion of his. 10 a.m., Spyglass Hill Golf Course, Pebble Beach,
2: California, less than 10 hours before his death. John meets up with his great friend Bill Twist, along with some fellow golfers.
1: If there's one thing that John loved more than singing and flying, it was golfing. I think he was about 11 or 12 handicapped, but some days he could really be, like, bad. He was almost like a boy in a candy store, you know, on the golf course. It was just so innocent and so endearing.
2: After playing 18 holes, the golfers go to the clubhouse for a drink and watch the 49ers game on TV. John refuses any alcohol as he wants to fly his new plane and orders a soft drink instead. The group agree to meet up for dinner, But John will never make it. 4 p.m., Monterey Airport, California, less than two hours before his death. John has arranged for mechanic Chris Hadland to help him with his new plane.
5: John had pulled in in his Porsche. He was in great spirits. He was very happy and friendly, but that was John on any given day.
2: Chris helps John make preparations for his flight in the and Long Easy.
5: I did not notice anything out of place. He had a a, a new airplane to him and
0: he was going out to have some fun. As this aircraft was new to John Denver, it was imperative for him to conduct a thorough pre-flight check. If he overlooked anything, he would be putting himself in danger.
5: I think John spent a good 45 minutes just checking the airplane over for general airworthiness. He was in no hurry. He was just enjoying the airplane.
2: John then asks for help checking the fuel levels, which are positioned behind
5: him. And he told him it was less than half. looked at the other side and could see that it was less than a third, maybe about a quarter of a tank. And at the time, one of the line service gentlemen was standing near us. And I told John, I said, we can get the fuel truck over here. We can put fuel in there. Um, and you don't even have to get out of the airplane. It'll just take a few minutes. And his, his reply was, I'll be fine. I'll only be up for about an hour. Um, I remember thinking to myself, that's not a whole lot of fuel. But he was the pilot, so I, I left it at that. John begins his maiden solo flight in his long easy. He um, contacted the tower, the ground control.
0: And say direction as requested.
5: And that was the last time I saw him. I stood there at the hangar door as he taxied away. 5 p.m. John carries out
2: three touch and goes, which are practice takeoffs and landings. Eventually, he heads to the skies.
5: The radar data showed he was at six or 700 feet, which I don't believe is, is um, unusual. I mean, it's a beautiful day flying over the coastline.
2: But about 25 minutes into the flight... 100 yards offshore John's plane pulls slightly to the right and then suddenly nosedives into the sea At around 5.25pm on October 12, 1997 John Denver crashes into the Pacific Ocean The world mourns the shocking passing of this legendary singer-songwriter.
4: Investigators still are putting together the pieces of a mystery while a light plane piloted by singer John Denver suddenly lost power and plunged into the Pacific off Monterey, killing him instantly.
5: Right away, I knew that it was John Denver. He was flying the only experimental airplane in the vicinity at that time.
3: Search
6: teams recovered wreckage from John Denver's single-engine plane.
5: And then some calls came in from the National Transportation Safety Board. They told me, don't go anywhere, don't talk to anybody. We're coming to see you. And that's when it hit me. And I just sat on the couch, kind of in a daze.
1: When I heard that John had died, I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that it was even a, a plane accident, because he was such an experienced pilot.
3: John and I were spiritually connected we held each other as brothers and when john died i lost my my best friend but that's
6: the way life is when john died i cried it was a big loss it felt like a little bitty piece of me you know I
0: died too
3: officials say the body was unrecognizable and they planned to perform an autopsy later this morning
0: I've been the lead forensic pathologist on numerous plane crash investigations, examining both the autopsy and the scene. To begin with, his autopsy shows that his body was so fragmented that it was almost impossible to examine. We also know that the toxicology report shows that there were no significant drugs or alcohol in his system, and that investigators were able to identify him through fingerprints and his missing toes. Only about half of his heart was recovered, and on its examination, there was no coronary artery atherosclerosis detected, suggesting to me that it's unlikely he had any kind of cardiac event.
2: With only pieces of John Denver's body available for autopsy, Dr. Hunter reviews the evidence from
0: the scene. The first thing I noticed is the discovery of feathers embedded in the aircraft and floating in the water. Did he hit a bird?
4: Currently, the best information we have is that he may have hit a pelican, a large bird.
0: Investigators discovered that these feathers were from some kind of Canadian goose. As these are not birds that are found in California during October, where did these feathers come from? Chris Hadland may be able to
5: solve the mystery. He had pillows behind his back because the airplane was designed for somebody who was much taller than he was. And uh, that pushed him forward enough so that he could actually reach the rudder pedals. So the feathers that were
0: discovered in the wreckage came from a pillow and not from a bird. But there were a number of other intriguing objects that were found in the wreckage, including a mirror. One of the concerns he had was he was not
5: able to see... The fuel gauges and I went into the hangar and came back with my uh, inspection mirror and he held the mirror up and he said yes I can see the fuel gauges so this is the actual mirror that that he took with him on that day despite being
0: able to see how low the fuel gauges were John didn't refuel was not refueling actually an intentional act I already know that he had a lot of problems in his life. A tricky divorce, a flagging career. Was his careless behavior, in fact, suicide?
2: On October 12th, 1997, John Denver, the 53-year-old legendary singer and experienced pilot, died in a plane crash. Renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is analyzing John's autopsy and other forensic evidence to build
0: a picture of what happened on that day. I have so far established that there is nothing suspicious in John Denver's autopsy and that he'd flown planes for years but he wasn't flying with a license, and he didn't refuel his plane. So did John Denver commit suicide? He did have a lot of stuff weighing in on him. Maybe something happened.
6: Maybe he just had this moment that, you know, screw it, I've had enough. But that's not the
4: John I knew. The theory about John committing suicide, I think, is probably not right. I never saw that side of him. He was always
0: about picking himself up and starting over again. The investigators didn't find a suicide note. And from all accounts, it's unlikely John Denver intended to kill himself. So I can rule this out as a cause of death. Maybe he simply thought he had enough fuel to complete the relatively short flight that he had planned. John was
6: highly intelligent, but he didn't understand the piece of equipment he was in. There was no familiarity. And when somebody says it's low on fuel, it was probably a lot lower on fuel than he interpreted low on fuel to
7: mean.
2: John lived on the edge, so I think when he sees that the gas level is not very high, I think he would have seen as like, ah, you know, this is one of those small dangers, like jumping out of a plane to go skiing. So I think he went into that flight feeling positive that he'd come out of it okay.
0: Despite the fact that John Denver thought that he had enough fuel, it's clear from eyewitnesses that he had run out.
6: Witnesses said they heard a pop and saw a puff of smoke before Denver's plane plunged into the ocean.
0: I believe all evidence points to John Denver's plane backfiring. When fuel is low, the plane will backfire because there's more air in the system than gas. The bank signals that he urgently needed to switch fuel tanks. It was a race against time before the plane lost power. I'm sure John would have panicked, particularly because he was too low to have any kind of safety net. The aircraft was the type assembled by an amateur and classified as home-built experimental. Just because it's an experimental
4: category doesn't imply anything lacking with regard to safety.
5: But there was something unusual about the Long Easy that John had bought. The original design of the airplane uh, had the fuel valve located between the pilot's knees whereas on this airplane, the fuel valve was behind the left shoulder of the pilot. There were three positions, left fuel tank, right fuel tank, and a off position. The positions left and right were anybody's guess, because the airplane had just been painted, and it was really difficult to turn. He had pillows stuffed behind his back, but in moving his body forward, It made the fuel selector handle more difficult for him to reach. I made a joke and said, well, you need a little monkey to go with you. And he responded, and I kind of took it as a joke at the time. Well, why don't you go with me? And I remember thinking, is this an invitation? You know, and a whole bunch of things went through my head at that moment. And I didn't respond, I didn't say anything. But maybe it was an invitation, and so I'll leave it at that. Dr. Hunter
2: believes he can now piece together the reason for John's
0: death. John Denver's plane crash involved a catalog of errors. Firstly, half of the information within the cockpit of the plane was painted over, including the fuel selector switch. Secondly, John didn't refuel, and his plane backfired, suggesting that he'd run out of gas. I'm sure he would have panicked, trying to quickly switch fuel tanks before his plane lost power. However, crucially,
2: the fuel selector was located behind his left shoulder instead of between his
0: legs. The fuel selector was not only hard to reach, it was very hard to turn. John, therefore, would have had to loosen his straps, twist his body around to the left, and reach for the fuel selector switch with his right hand. This would have meant that he likely inadvertently pushed his right foot onto the right rudder pedal. This would have turned the plane, but he must have lost power at the same time. Without power, the nose dipped and the plane dived straight down. Because he was only flying at 600 feet or possibly less, there was no time to recover the plane before it plummeted into the sea. Both the plane and John's body were so fragmented, it's clear that this was a very high impact crash. His plane hit the sea at such an incredible rate that it smashed into pieces on contact with the water. Unfortunately, John's adventurous nature and impulsive behavior resulted in a series of errors that ultimately led to this tragedy.
1: Many people can't understand how it possibly happened, but he had had such an amazing life, and he went out doing what he loved to do. And I can tell you, wherever he is at the moment, he's making somebody really smile with his music.
3: He was my best friend, and I think the world lost an incredible amount of music that was still going to come from him.
6: John Denver made people feel that there was hope, that there was warmth in the world, that there was reason to feel inspired by the things that were around you. He lifted them up and his music was inspiring.
1: He was honest and worked hard and believed in doing good believing you know that that you can make a difference he wasn't perfect and he knew he wasn't perfect but he always tried to do the right thing and that's i think how he would like to be remembered
0: i hope you enjoyed this episode of autopsy Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter.